welcome to uh, Life Church Utah. It's great to have each one of you. And uh, uh, next week, when we have that 60 second time, you are more than welcome to get up from your seat and actually move around. That would be fantastic. So uh, it's all a learning curve, right, uh, in there. So um, let me just say something really quickly about One Day to Feed the World. Um, this is an opportunity for us to, uh, to jump on board with what God's doing, not only in America, but also around the world. So uh, Convoy of Hope is a ministry that we have supported for many, many years here at Life Church, and I've got friends that work there at uh, Convoy of Hope as well. It's a fantastic uh, organization. Um, and uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, March, uh, what was that be, March 16th, I think, was everything kind of shut down in America. Uh, Convoy of Hope recognized very quickly uh, that food insecurity was going to be accompanying a lot of what was going on. And so they set out to, I think it was served like 25 million meals was their goal that they set at the very beginning, uh, which they quickly surpassed. And then they increased their goal to 50 million, and they quickly surpassed that in churches partnering with them, providing meals all throughout America. Uh, then eventually they said, you know what, we're going to just set a crazy goal, and there's no way we're ever going to meet this, but we'll just set one of those aspirational goals in your life. And so they uh, hit 100 million, and they said, we're, you know, we know this is above. I believe they're at about 110 million meals that Convoy of Hope has served here in the United States alone during this pandemic, not to mention the millions upon millions upon millions of other meals that have been served around the world. This is an incredible uh, organization and can't wait for us to participate on November 22nd. And it's one day to feed the world, and uh, you, you heard uh, the, the, uh, the young narrator said, our one day changes their every day. And so we're to take a look at, uh, at our income, divide it by that 240 number. You're going to arrive at a number, and that is kind of the goal uh, that we have um, really across the nation as we participate with this, that we give one day's wage. And you might say, well, Pastor, I, I can't do that. Well, we're about three weeks out, no, two, two weeks out from today is when the offering uh, will be taking place. So you can forego, and I'm pointing myself, forego that Starbucks coffee, forego whatever you need to do in order to, so that we can participate and be a blessing. Uh, to uh, Convoy of Hope and really through them uh, to the world as we, uh, as we really partner with them and we see God do incredible things. I can't wait. November 22nd, make sure you set aside uh, some, uh, some generous uh, gifts for that day. Um, all right. Uh, these folks who are in need uh, really represent uh, the folks in need with One Day uh, to Feed the World through Convoy of Hope and the children and the families that are in positions of food vulnerability. They represent people that are in valleys in their own life. And so for us at, at Life Church, we know that we're called to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. And so uh, the people of the valley are more than just the people of the Salt Lake Valley or Tooele Valley. It's this recognition that God has called us to people in valleys all over the world. And uh, this really is, uh, is our heart. And so we want to be like Jesus. And these, uh, this uh, six-week series that we're in the middle of uh, for the valleys is helping us figure out more of, of uh, what Jesus is actually like if we're going to be like him. And we could spend years finding out what Jesus is like. The word is so filled. And so we can't do justice to it over six weeks. And so we're just highlighting five areas that we as Life Church are able to participate in being more like Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about our commitment to biblical truth. We've got to have the word of God in our lives. We've, we've got to have, um, we got to uh, know God through his word because his word is alive and active. Every time we read it, it's transformative in our lives. We learned last week about being innovative in ministry to reach the next generation. 
And uh, I told the story in, um, in last service, uh, but there's a, uh, a family, um, she, she had lost her job recently and then felt like God was kind of leading uh, to start a new business. And part of this business is that every purchase, um, that there is a hygiene kit that they're going to be uh, donating uh, to the homeless. And uh, she herself was in a position of homelessness with a, um, with a daughter and knows what it's like to be in that position and says, well, God, you've blessed us and you've, you've given us creativity and now innovation. So Lord, we want to use this for your kingdom. And just really beautiful to see that and heard from several others of kind of unique ways that God is opening doors for you and uh, using invitations and other ways to innovate ministry to reach the next generation. So keep it up, uh, Life Church. Uh, today, we're going to talk about intentional love of others and how important that is for us to be intentional. So I'm not going to say much about it right now because the whole service is going to be about that. Uh, next week, we're talking about radical generosity. We know that generosity is more uh, than just finances, although that is a big part of it. Uh, I was reading something earlier, uh, earlier this week, and uh, really money is that last idol, and one of the hardest idols in our life to kill is money because we, you know, we've earned it, we want this, this is ours, and we want to do with it what we want. But God really challenges us on the financial side, but, but along with that, he challenges us with our time. He challenges us with our gifts and abilities that we have to be generous in every bit of our life. And then the very last week, uh, November 22nd, is talking about our focus on developing healthy relationships. We desperately need healthy relationships in our lives, and uh, you're not going to find it in social media. That's, you're not, that's not the place to go for healthy relationships. Uh, but we're going to talk about why those are so important for us and how to begin shaping those, not only within the church, but our healthy relationships that we're going to invite people into uh, from outside of the church body. Uh, so how many of you have done something like really well. Like you would get at the end of whatever the project is, or uh, maybe uh, you saw something on Pinterest and you said, I'm going to make that meal today. And, I ma and you made it and it looked like the meal that you saw in the picture. You're like, yes, I did that. Or you're something at work and you go, I'm really proud of that. Nobody, you have nothing. Okay. All right. Somebody, all right, good. We got one hand up, a couple hands up. Or is it more like, this is what I do. Like I'll try to make something. You see it on, uh, you know, uh, oh boy, I got to turn in my man card. You see something on Pinterest and as a guy, I'm like, yes, I'm going to try to make this. And uh, mine don't often end up looking exactly like what it showed uh, in those places. But maybe you have been successful in some area. Maybe something, uh, you know, you, you ended up figuring out a new way to overcome some challenge and you, heard, you know, other people find out about it and uh, you start, uh, start going, hey, this is good. I was successful. I'm going to hold on to this. In fact, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to do a blog and I'm going to ride this one, you know, this one hit wonder uh, as long as I possibly can uh, because this, I'm going to camp out here in my success. Our world does this a lot right now. You have one success, and then you can develop a whole following based on that one success. And hey, you know, that might, might work out for you, but uh, most of the time, we can't stay there. <laughs> we can't just stay there and become stagnant because the world will pass us by. Um, there's a story of Jesus. Uh, he was in a synagogue. We can find this in uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, there was a crowd of people in the synagogue all pressed in wanting to hear this Jesus, this new preacher um, who was uh, kind of coming onto the scene. And in the middle of his message, at some point in the synagogue, there was a guy that began making a scene. 
He began screaming out in the middle of, uh, middle of the message, and he began uh, uh, making a ruckus. That's a good way to, a ruckus. I don't think I've used that word in many years, but he made a ruckus. And, uh, um, and it turns out that this guy, as he's yelling, uh, leave us alone, Jesus the Nazarene. The Bible says that this individual was demon-possessed. Now, we don't know the backstory. We don't know exactly what led to this condition in his life. We don't, uh, we don't have any of that. All that we have is what Jesus said to him next, which was, silence, come out of him. And that demon left. I mean, right, whenever Jesus commands that, you know, the demons have to flee. Uh, the crowd was amazed. There was power in what Jesus had done in that moment. There was authority that they had not seen uh, probably ever within their synagogue. And uh, they wanted Jesus, I think all of us would be in the same boat. They're like, Jesus, don't leave. Stay right here with us. We want you are successful, and we want you to stay right here. So the story continues without a beat in Luke chapter 4, that right after the synagogue, uh, Jesus was invited over uh, to Peter's house. Now, Jesus doesn't have all of his disciples at this point, just a handful of people that are following him. And so he goes to Peter's house where Peter's mother-in-law has a high fever. In the Greek, it says coronavirus. No, not really. Okay. Um, has, has a high fever, and she is sick. To this fever... Jesus speaks, the fever leaves, and Peter's mother-in-law gets up and begins serving and cooking and doing all the things that she was ready to do prior to Jesus arriving at the home. And then, to top it all off, this is a busy day for Jesus, top it all off now, um, this is still that same day, the synagogue, and then the, the, the demon-possessed guy healed at that point, and then go over to um, Peter's mother-in-law, she's healed, and then uh, now all of a sudden, all the relatives of people that have now seen these healings, they go out and get all of their friends and relatives, bring them to Peter's house, and now there's this huge crowd of people that are around Jesus, and Jesus is laying hands on them, and they are getting healed, and we don't know how many people. But it's a large number of people, certainly for the time, because it was noteworthy in the Bible that there was a large crowd of people. It's a long day of healing. It's a long day of miracles uh, for Jesus at this point. Um, and you wouldn't blame the people for continuing to give the same message to Jesus. Jesus, stay here. We want you to be right here. Don't leave. We want, we want you to perform miracles just for our synagogue, just for our city. We want you to stay right here. So, you know, Jesus set up your YouTube channel. We got the cameras ready to go. You can be an Instagram influencer, Jesus. Just think about that. You can monetize yourself. This would be great. Facebook might not even censor what you're saying, right? Okay, so let's just... Stay here to where it's known, and it's comfortable, successful. And no one would blame Jesus for wanting to do that. No one would blame the people for asking Jesus to do that. What would you do? What would you do if you were that successful in that moment? Luke chapter 4, verse 42. It says, the next morning Jesus departed and went to a deserted place. Jesus just had to get, have you ever had like a busy day and like the next day you go, I don't want another busy day like that. <laughs> and you try to escape, anybody try to escape? 
Well, right now we're like all locked in our homes anyway. Not really, but you know, we know it's coming again. All right, woo. Um, so he goes to a deserted place. Oh, this next part. Yet the crowds were seeking him and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving. Pressure is real, folks, for Jesus. They want him to stay. Uh, but Jesus said to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also. For that is what I was sent to do. And then it has a period, and then it goes on. So he continued to preach in the synagogues of Judea. Judea is just an area of like modern-day Israel, just be kind of a region of, of, the, uh, of the nation of Israel. I must, he says. Other versions say, I have to. Another one says, it is necessary that I preach the gospel elsewhere. It is my responsibility. Nobody else can do this. This is what I must do. There is this intentionality to Jesus' life that is so appealing and it's so different than a lot of what happens in the world around us today. So many things around us today. It's kind of like the difference between intentionality and something that happens accidentally. Uh, I, have you ever been in a car wreck before, anybody? Raise your hand. How's your insurance? <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, so right, many of us have been in accidents before. Uh, back when I was, I, I've been in just a handful of accidents, and at the, the first, like when I was uh, dating Shelly, and we would compare accidents and how many tickets and, you know, things like that, which I typically had a lot more. Um, the, uh, I always said, at that point, I have never been in an accident that I didn't want to be in. <laughs> That was my way of trying to justify, like I rolled my car once uh, just up the road up here in a, uh, in, in a field uh, for Hillcrest High School in their stadium. Yeah, it was really bad. And, uh, you know, I repented of some of those things I've done as a kid way back then. Uh, so, but these accidents, right, is it an accident or is it intentional? Jesus' life, there was this ton of intentionality in his life and nothing was accidental. Um. But we'd like to say at times that uh, things were uh, accidental to us so that we cannot take responsibility for them, right? We want to push responsibility for our decisions off on other people uh, like this. Uh, maybe you got fired and now you're angry at your boss. And so you tell your friends, you go onto social media, you vent about it, you do all these things. But the part you leave out is the fact that you were late for three weeks, and your boss said, enough's enough, so you're fired. So rather than focusing on your responsibility part, the, the part of your intentionality of being a, the right kind of employee that your boss was looking for, you chose then to point the finger at the boss and say, the boss was wrong. Uh, school. I failed my test. It was my teacher's fault. They're a bad teacher. When in reality, you never cracked the book that you should have been looking at in order to study for it. You didn't listen in class. You didn't take notes. You didn't review. You did nothing, and yet you blame the teacher. You fall under temptation and point the finger at God, leaving out the fact you haven't prayed, haven't read the word, haven't been around people that are going to be a blessing to you. You point the finger back at God. We, we so want to structure our lives that we don't have to take responsibility. 
We structure our lives to allow for accidents so that we can blame others. Rather than, like Jesus did, an intentionality, I must, there's something within me that says, I must move on with my mission. You see, the way we live our lives matters. For Jesus, it's totally obvious. He was intentional about the way he lived his life. Uh, in fact, uh, last week when we talked about the woman at the well, remember that? So Jesus was there talking to the woman at the well, actually intentionally left out the, the verse that sets up the whole story uh, for, for, um, for Jesus meeting this woman at the well. John chapter 4, verse 4, this is what I did not read last week, says this, but he had to pass through Samaria. That's what it says. He had to pass through Samaria. The reality is, and I'll paint a picture for you real quick, he was going from Judea at this point up to Galilee, and in between Judea and Galilee was Samaria. And remember last week, if you were here, Jews and Samaritans get, did not get along, and so there was a road that bypassed Samaria that most good Jews would use so they didn't have to go through Samaria. So Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. So there's something more to this. And Jesus knew that he had to go through Samaria. Why? Because there were some walls that needed to be broken down. There were people that needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ as told by Jesus himself. There were people who needed to be impacted by the story of this Messiah who came to receive and accept, this Messiah who came to save the world, and Samaria needed to hear. And so Jesus intentionally went through Samaria. So we need to be more like Jesus. In order for us to be more like Jesus, we have to have intentionality in our actions wherever we go, whatever we do, whoever we are around, the conversations we have. We can't assume that they are accidental, but we make this determination that there's an intentionality to them that we partner with God on. And this is us being aware that God wants us to share the good news which is the same good news that Jesus was sharing. It's the good news of God's love for all of his creation. So what does that look like for us? Uh, I'm gonna invite uh, a friend of Life Church to come on up here. They've attended Life, uh, Life Church for, uh, for quite a while. But uh, Lala Akbari, can you come on up? Can, can we give Lala a big hand this morning? I need this. Um, and so I've asked Lala to come in and uh, talk with us a little bit. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had videos. thought we'd switch it up a little bit today and uh, kind of go in person and talk, uh, talk about this idea of intentionally loving others. And so um, I've asked Lala to come up, and you're going to find out why in just a minute. But Lala, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey of faith and how you came to Jesus? I'm raised in Assemblies of God Church. Um, my mom raised us. Um, she's a priest basically in our family because my dad was Catholic and okay. she's Christian. Um, so she focused on me and my brother being raised in Christ and sincerely serving him. And I had other people in my life that spoke in my life, but poured into my life. They took that intention, like you said, that a lot of times we don't stop. Um, like my aunt and uncles and Sunday school teachers, they all took their time to intentionally speak into my life. Um, and my youth pastor was a major example in my life because he's the one that actually mm -hmm. sincerely loving God and 
you know, he focused on us, taking us to conventions, and um, we'd have car washes and all kinds of stuff. So he would make us feel like being a Christian isn't, um, it's fun to be a Christian. So he focused on us a lot. He took that time to uh, pour in our lives that he had from Christ. And so, um, and so I really never had an excuse to not follow Christ. I always um, had those, you know, God always put people in my life to always reach me where I was at in my walk in Christ. So that's awesome. And so for you coming to Christ when you were a teenager then would be the years where that was like most formative for you and all that. More solid, yeah, more solid. And so um, for us who are here today, how many of you became a Christian before the age of 18? Raise your hand really quickly. I'm just uh, curious. Before the age of 18, raise your hands, all right? Now, then, just for the, for the sake of uh, visual, how many of you then came to Christ after the age of 18? Uh, lift your hands up. It's about a 50-50 split in here. That's pretty interesting. So, uh, so for me, I mean, it was certainly my teenage years, uh, just like you, and that youth pastor and other people poured into my life uh, to uh, really lead me to that relationship with Christ. That's awesome. So you are married, mm-hmm. right? And your husband is over here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your husband and how you guys met? Uh, we worked together at a grocery store, and um, so we've been married 20. He gets mad if I don't remember how long, but 20 <laughs> years and four months. 24 years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Saeed. Saeed's over there going, 21 years and four months. <laughs> That's, that's kind of role reversal. How many of you, the husband is the one who does have, not, has no clue as to how long you've been married, right? Okay, yeah, that's normal. That's very good. I like it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And uh, so you guys met at work mm-hmm. and uh, 21 years and uh, four months of mm-hmm. marriage. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. All right, so, um, uh, so Lala is part of our farmer's market. Farmer's Market is a ministry that we provide uh, meals and uh, food, fresh food, uh, for those who would like to come through. And uh, so, Lala, what do you do exactly at the Farmer's Market? Um, we help Natasha set up um, tables and then get the food sorted. And there's a lot of bananas. Um, <laughs> a lot of bananas. Yes, there are. A lot of bananas. There's a lot of bananas. <laughs> Anna, me, we laugh because she's like, well, I love you more than bananas. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're great. tired of seeing bananas. But <laughs> it's, 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 there's a lot of food that we go through and a lot of the food we have to, some of the stuff we have to sort out. And yep. So it's nice. Um, but we do that. We sort the food. We put it in bags, set it on tables, and then I go get the names of the families that are coming in and we get to, you know, get to know them and pray for them. Yep. And uh, it's just nice to meet different people. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Lala is kind of short-selling herself a little bit uh, here. Uh, so Lala is the one who basically checks all the cars that come through. So she is the face of Life Church Utah for the farmer's market for every family that comes uh, through, the, uh, through the ministry. And so her role is more than just taking a few names and praying for people. It is absolutely vital to what happens here at Life Church through the farmer's market. And so grateful, Lala, that you have uh, jumped into that role so willingly and so lovingly uh, to so many different people and really appreciate uh, your ministry there. And so why is, it, um, why is this important for you to be intentional with your time to serve others? Because like the people that intentionally took their time to um, fill, fill me with what I didn't have and lacking in my life spiritually, we should take our time to help those that we don't know what they're going through, meet them where they're at. Um, again, we're not God, so we have to just pray for them yep. and then give what we can give advice to a certain point and let God 
take over because yeah. we're not God. And but it's it's just their intentionality to just what you would want done to you. Yeah. You want them to do to you know to give you back. So it's like giving and taking. Yeah. So well, that's great. And then how is this uh, this experience of giving yourself intentionally to love others? What's happened in your own walk with Christ? Like how have you grown as a as a follower of Christ? It's helped me to endure a lot of things. Um, it, also with like home groups, I've been mm-hmm. joining those too. So it, you help each other grow in Christ. And I just, it, it's helped me when I need, you know, when you need prayer, you know, like Don and um, Tim McLaren, yep. they've been or like me and my husband's mentors, you know. Um, so I think it just has made me stronger as a Christian and to be sincere about my walk with Christ because, you know, sometimes we don't, when we're going through trials, a lot of the times we think we want to give up, but we shouldn't because yeah. that's where God says, I'm not going to take you out of the fire. He's going to go through with you through yeah, the fire. That's good. And so he's been with me and he's never failed me. Mm-hmm. And he's just awesome. And I could say, you've brought me to her. Like the song we're singing, that second song, it's just beautiful because he's, he, he never fails us. He's yes. always with us. And I'm, I'm grateful to that. Like that I we got to keep walking and be strong in the Lord. That's awesome. And so in this, I mean, I don't know if you sense. Yeah, praise the Lord. That's great. That's great. In here, she's talking about relationships as well, right? And uh, a couple weeks from now, we're talking about healthy relationships. And this is part of it, is these relationships we did develop within the body of Christ. And that happens through serving. And so a shameless plug really quickly uh, for serving here. Um, uh, when we serve, something happens inside of us and something happens to us. The Bible says in uh, Romans, I think it's chapter 8, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, it says, uh, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You want to be strong for the Lord? You want to uh, continue to have that fervency and that fire within you and and, uh, loving God? Man, I have found it to always be that when we serve, that begins to come out. And for Lala and that encouragement that she gives, and she's such a a warm, friendly, smiling face, inviting people to be a part of uh, of the ministry and welcoming people uh, onto the grounds here at Life Church. And I'm just so, so happy, uh, Lala, that you are a part of Life Church Utah and so grateful for your serving and so grateful that you're a wonderful picture of this intentionally loving others. So thank you so much, Lala. Let's give her a warm round of applause. So I'm going to invite our worship team to come on up here as we close out here in the next couple of minutes. Um, so what, what does this look like, this intentional love of others, what does it look like for Life Church Utah? And then I would say that this actually uh, moves into us as individuals as well. And so here at Life Church Utah, and then for us as well at large, number one, as we intentionally love others, that that needs to happen on the inside. And what I mean by that is those inside the church, there's got to be intentional love of those who are sitting next to you at this time. So turn to somebody next to you and say, I love you. Turn to the other person on the other side of you and say, I love you too. <laughs> right? Okay. So this, we have to have this love, but it's got to be more than that right there, right? That's just words, but love shows up in action as well. Uh, Toward the end of Jesus' earthly ministry in John chapter 13, this is what he says. He says, I give you a new commandment to love one another. Just as I loved you, you also are to love one another. And the reason for that is everyone will know this or know by this that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
Folks, the love that we express in here makes a difference out there. The acceptance and the hope and the forgiveness and the new life that we experience here, we can't just keep it here. It's kind of like Jesus uh, saying, I can't just camp out here. There are people outside that need to know as well, but we have to be good lovers here at Life Church Utah. That's what God has called us to do. And by the love that we have for one another, we're shown to be his disciples. Uh, had a friend of mine, I've, I've got my, uh, my Starbucks friends. I've been going there long enough now. I've got my Starbucks friends, right? The, the people that don't come to Life Church Utah, but over time you start talking to them and you invite them and all that stuff. Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my Starbucks friend came here. Um, uh, what was that? October 25th was part of our second, uh, second morning service. And uh, talked with them afterwards and then ch- chatted with them again uh, last week. And asked me, say, you know, what did you think? How was it? You know, there's a part of me, it's like, you know, how was it? And a little bit of worry at times. It was going to be a good experience and all of that. But here's what he said. And it made me so proud of Life Church. He said when he walked in, you know, he, they, they made their seat. I think they sat up in the balcony. Uh, they, they made their way there. And he said one of the things that we noticed right away was the love that was obvious and the fact that it was diverse. And they were like, we love that. And that shows a tremendous amount of love here at Life Church Utah because, folks, that doesn't happen everywhere. But it happens, I believe, because God is at work among us. God is creating something beautiful and unique and life giving for the valley. And when we intentionally love others inside the walls of this church, we are making a difference outside the walls of this church. And in fact, that's, that intentional love of others has to go from inside. It has to be expressed to the world outside. And that's the second part of intentionally loving others. This shows up through outreach, farmer's market, after school, our mission stuff, uh, grief share, Alcoholics Anonymous, what other things that we are doing that really is, that we're reaching outside the walls of this building to proclaim the good news of Jesus, the good news that his love available for us. I think when we were out at the uh, 180 Girls Ministry uh, uh, back at the beginning of October, expressing the love of Christ. Coming up here um, the day before Thanksgiving, we're going to be a host site to give out a thousand meals uh, for Thanksgiving and super excited to participate in it. You're going to find out more about that uh, in the next couple of weeks because we're going to need a lot of help. Um, and uh, But, th- right, we become this, this place where we're, we receive the love of God, we receive that love of God for one another, but we can't hold it in, folks. We have to let it express itself to the world around us. And this is how it's expressed best. John three sixteen. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I love that it goes on. Verse, we don't often uh, read verse 17, but it has equal power to it. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. What message are we giving to the world around us? It should be the love of God. And folks, we need to do that intentionally. It's not accidental. God puts people in our pathway on purpose 
God brings relationships to us on purpose. And we need to be intentional about revealing the love of God to the world around us. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet this morning. And really the greatest picture of that intentional love of others is what Jesus did on the cross. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but it wasn't like Jesus was uh, going, oh, this is nothing. (laughs) I can do this. This is nothing. Because if you look at him in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was going on? In the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but Luke chapter 22, it says that he was in anguish. In fact, he was sweating what were like great drops of blood because of the anguish. And he was saying, Father, take this from me. Take, if there's any other way, take this from me. But he ended with, but not my will, your will be done. Folks, that's intentional. That's saying, God, I know this is going to hurt. Father, I know that this is a difficult road, but Lord, I am intentionally choosing this because there are people that need to know the love of God. That's the same decision every single one of us have to make. What decisions, what intentionality to show the love of Christ to others around us. Lord, we thank you for today. God, I'm so grateful for this congregation that uh, so freely and willingly expresses the love of God to one another. God, I'm grateful for the restoration and reconciliation that takes place here on a weekly basis. God, I'm grateful for the, the, the diversity that we see within Life Church. I'm, I'm grateful, Lord, that, uh, that we are able to, to find a picture here of your love being expressed to all the world. But God, it's not enough for it to just stay right here. And so God, help us to extend that love to the world around us. You're here today, every eye bowed, or every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. You're here this morning. And you say, Pastor, I need some help being intentional in my love for other people. God, especially right now, all the election craziness and all that stuff, God, I am struggling to love other people. But you realize I've got to do this. There's a much bigger mission at stake. Remember Jesus said, I have to do this because I must preach the gospel to others who don't know. That's our, that's our responsibility as well. So if you are struggling right now with loving others intentionally, can you just lift your hand real quick? A lot of hands up, right? We're kind of all in that same boat right now. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for every one of these hands that are raised. And Father, we all stand in this position where we recognize our frailty and our brokenness. We recognize, God, we don't have it all figured out. And Lord, there are times when it is so difficult to love the world around us. But Jesus, you intentionally gave yourself for us. Lord, help us return that to the world around us and intentionally give ourselves to loving others. Lord, help us this week to uh, not see these interactions as accidental or coincidental, but God, realize that there's an intentionality of your spirit at work within us, creating new opportunities to share Jesus with the world around us. So open our eyes. God, let us see through your eyes this world and its needs around us and help us, God, to be bold in our proclamation of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I pray your blessing upon them. Lord, help them to walk with uh, the abundance of your blessing. Allow them, O God, to walk boldly as well through the promises of God. And Lord, help us to keep you in first place in all we do and all that we say, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and Lord, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen. Amen. God's a good God. Thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget, uh, be a great representation of Jesus, even starting in our parking lot. So uh, love each other. God bless you. We'll see you next week.